everyone to Fellowship Church. I want to say hi to all of our campuses. It's great to be here in beautiful South Florida. Please be seated. Please be seated. Yeah. You know, we love our colleges, don't we? Some people love the University of Miami. Other people love the University of Texas. They're clapping somewhere, I promise you. Others love Texas Tech. Some, like my wife, love the University of South Carolina. Florida State. I want you to, I want you to understand and I want you to think about another school you've probably never heard of. I promise you, you've never heard of this university, yet the enrollment is swelling each and every day. The University of Sluggard. You're like going, what? Where is that? The University of Sluggard. What town? I mean, how about the location? In your life and in mine. A sluggard. It's kind of a weird word. A sluggard. It comes from the word slug, the insect slug. Have you ever seen a slug before? They're not the most beautiful creatures around. They're a snail-like creature without a shell. And they leave a trail of slime behind them. If you pour salt on them, things happen. They die. Could it be that I'm talking to some people who are a part of the University of Sluggard? Could it be that we have some pockets of laziness, maybe some relaxation where we shouldn't always relax, maybe some apathy, maybe I'm talking to someone in a marriage, maybe I'm talking to someone in a dating relationship, maybe I'm talking to someone who is lazy financially, you're drowning in debt and you just don't really think about it, and Maybe I'm talking to someone who is a sluggard at work. That's right, it's a four-letter word to many. Work. When it comes to work, isn't it true we either love it or loathe it? We either see it as something we hate or some people see it as something holy. Some people see it as an opposition, others see it as an opportunity. Work. Work. If you're a great worker, I guarantee it, you have wisdom. And we've been learning around here that wisdom is a gift from God. Knowledge is great. Knowledge is something, though, that we accrue, that we gather. Wisdom is something we receive. We need to work and understand what wisdom is. You know, the Bible tells us, God tells us that we have two choices, two paths to take. 
We can either slide down the slimy slope of Sluggardville, and we can enroll at the University of Sluggard. We can go to Sluggard School. We can do that. Or we can enroll in a place called the University of Ant. Now, if you missed last time, check out the University of Ant. Get our app. Go to the App Store Fellowship Church. Press get, and you'll see last weekend's message. I talked about the University of Ant. You know, God tells us to look at the ant and to look at the sluggard as well. It's amazing how many times the Bible tells us to look at creation because we learn from creation. The book of Proverbs, that's what we're talking about, is a book of wisdom. It's a book of wisdom. The book of Proverbs tells us in no uncertain terms about marriage, about friendship, about anger, about sex, about, you know, stuff that's relevant. The book of Proverbs. Well, the book of Proverbs also talks a lot about work. And I thought we would talk a little bit about work today. We spend half of our waking hours in work. Work, I'll say it, is from God. God gave us work before sin entered the planet. Isn't that cool? Work is a gift. God gave us a platform where we can pursue our purposes. So the scripture says, whatever you do, I'm giving the cliff notes, whatever you do, do it like God is your CEO. In other words, do a mental Photoshop, even if your boss is a jerk. Do a mental Photoshop of your coach, of your manager. Put the face of Jesus on him or her. That ultimately, if you're a follower of Christ, is who you're working for. Do you have wisdom? The Bible says that Jesus is the wisdom of God. Do you have wisdom? The book of Proverbs, 31 chapters, and your challenge is to read the book of Proverbs. Again, it's on your app. We make it pretty simple. We serve it up to you really, really good. The book of Proverbs means to govern, to rule. It was written by the wealthiest man who ever lived, Solomon. Solomon was a father who was a king. He wrote it to his son. Our God is a father who's a king who has also written it to you and me. We're the king's kids. So every word in the book of Proverbs is straight from the throne room of God himself. Have you enrolled in the University of Ant or are you going to the University of Sluggard? Are you in Sluggard School? If you're in the University of Ant, you're going to do three things. Number one, you're going to be someone who understands the power of diligence. You're like, what? Diligence? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what diligence is. It's making a decision. It's being proactive. Here's what the Bible says in Proverbs 6, verses 6 through 8. Go to the ant. I mean, it's time to ante up, right? Help me. Help me on that. Okay. Go to the ant, you sluggard. Consider its ways and be wise. So it's diligent. Also, there's the discernment of the ant. The ant is wise. He has discernment. It has no commander, no overseer, no ruler, yet it stores its provisions in summer and gathers its food at harvest. The ant doesn't have some CEO, some manager, or some coach giving the coaches clap, let's go, come on, get the lead out. I love coaches. 
I've grown up playing athletics. Coaches motivate. But these ants, they just do it. They understand the game. God says, join and, and become a part of the university of ant. But too many of us, though, I mean, seriously, are a part of the university of sluggard. And, 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 and sluggards are, again, kind of, kind of indolent. We're, we're a little bit slothful. We're a little bit slack in a lot of areas. Let me say this up front. In a church like Fellowship, most of us are chargers. Most of us are like, I'm diligent. I'm discerning. All right, I'll reach my destiny. I'm like an ant. I got it. But some of us have pockets of sluggardness. I know. Some of us are enrolled in certain ways in the university of sluggard. Well, let's see what a sluggard is. Proverbs chapter 6, verses 9 through 11. How long will you lie there, you sluggard? When will you get up from your... Asleep. I love this. This is how you become a sluggard in a certain area. It's like, how do you gain 20 pounds? One M&M at a time. <laughs> Here's how you become a sluggard. Now, Sluggard University, the University of Sluggard, has a free, uh, has a, basically has a full ride for everybody. Always a full ride. Tuition is taken care of. You're like, I'm just going to slide down the slime into sluggard school. It's easy for me. It's easy for you. And we think it's free. One day, though, whoo, we realize this is expensive, man. Sluggard school. A little sleep, a little slumber, a little folding of the hands to rest in the marriage. To rest as a parent, to rest at work, to rest on the field, to rest in the gym, to rest in the weight room, to rest when it comes to prayer, to rest when it comes to Bible reading, to rest when it comes to getting involved in the church. Just, 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 just a little bit. What happens when we do that? It says poverty will come on you like a thief and scarcity like an armed man. Whenever you read diligence here in the book of Proverbs, I want you to think about a person leaning against a wall because that's the picture. Have you ever just leaned against the wall and relaxed? I have. When I do that, I like to put my foot up and sip my favorite beverage, cave con leche. <laughs> I just kind of sip it. Now, I think in today's culture, there are coffee shops built in the wall, and a lot of us just like to, 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 to chill like that at coffee shops. But back in the day, we would lean against a wall, you know? And people just were lazy that way. They could do stuff, but they wouldn't. And that's the picture behind the word, behind the word sluggard. Also a picture behind the word sluggard is, is this whole concept of being deceitful. Did you realize that when you're a sluggard, or when I'm a sluggard, I'm deceiving myself. Proverbs says this, load up on wisdom on the front end. 
Don't wait until you've screwed up or messed up to load up on wisdom. And obviously, we've all messed up, and we have to sometimes load up on wisdom after we've made a mistake. But some of you are like, man, I'm running the stadium steps of shame because I married that girl after dating her for like 10 days, and I'm running the stadium steps of shame. I took that job out of emotion, and I'm running the stadium steps of shame. I got into that deal because, man, it was a get-rich-quick scheme. I'm running the stadium steps of shame. Sluggardness, leaning against a wall. The picture is with your hand in your pocket. I just added cafe con leche. Deceitfulness, lying to yourself. And notice also, losing strength. The longer I'm a sluggard in certain areas of my life, and the longer you stay in sluggard school, quickly your strength will be zapped. About a year ago, I had open heart surgery. I was born with a mitral valve, and the doctors told me my whole life, your heart's great. You know, I play college basketball, marathons, blah, blah, blah. And they said, you know, I doubt you'll ever have to have surgery, but... Ed, man, your mitral valve is not doing right. You need to have surgery. So I was thinking a little day surgery. Maybe they cut you right here and go in. They go, no, 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 no. We need to saw your chest open. <laughs> because a valve operation, especially this one, a repair, is some intricate stuff. And now I feel better than I've felt in like years. And I'm very, very... Happy about that. But here's what they told me. They said, you know, you can work out, which I've been working out all the time. You can do this, you can do that. But they said, don't bench press. They said, don't bench press. Because they said, they wired my chest shut. I mean, the, the, when I say chest, I mean the, 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 the sternum and the muscles and everything. And then they put this kind of fishing line stuff in there. So they said, it's going to take at least a year for it to heal. So I've not done any chest workout in a year. I've had some sagging, and I need like a sports bra right now. But I, I'll just, it's okay. You can laugh at that. It's, it's, so yesterday, for the first time, I, I, I did some bench press. Thank you very much. It was pitiful. I was like, what? Come on. I'm alone. Don't worry. I'll get it back. What happened? I didn't use those muscles for a year. And my strength was gone. You began to say, I just, I just chill a little bit on the diet, a little bit with the workout, a little bit with the right friends, a little bit with my entertainment choices, out of nowhere, you'll lose your strength. The Bible says if you're a sluggard in a certain area, that literally a hedge of thorns will be built around you. You've heard of a hedge fund? Check this out. The way of the slothful man 
is a hedge of thorns, but the way of the righteous is made plain. So if I choose the way of the University of Ant, if I have wisdom, if I have discernment, if I am diligent, if I'm making the right decisions, which will follow all of that, my way is plain. But if I'm doing fool, and the word fool in Hebrew means you're open. That's what it means. To anything, everything, and you believe nothing. If I'm, if I'm living like that, there's going to be a hedge around me. I don't want a hedge around me. And I know you don't either. Keeps going. Verse 15, Proverbs 26. The slothful, and this is in the King James, hideth his hand in his bosom. It giveth himeth to bring it. I'm sorry, it giveth him to bring it again to his mouth. That's the person who's leaning against the wall hands in the pocket, who's so lazy, he wants to be spoon-fed. Mommy, feed me. Isn't it interesting that we almost have a culture in every strata where we applaud sluggardness? Now, the scripture tells us if you're physically unable to work, then we should share food, other items. That's a great thing that our church does here and around the world. It's a great thing our government does. But if you have the ability to work, the Bible says, I'm not saying this. I'm telling you what the Bible says. If you have the ability to make a living and you don't, Scripture says you shouldn't even eat. Yeah. yeah, what do we have? I mean, think about, think about the 1960s. Some of you are, are that old. Some of you maybe are that old, but you can't remember the psychedelic 60s. That's okay. In the 1960s, you had the hippies. Basically, they were a colossal collection of sluggards. Sluggards. Deceitful. Lazy, leaning against the wall with their hands in their pockets. Peace, man. <laughs> Sex, drugs, and rock and roll. Wow, that really helped our culture, didn't it? Then we have these GoFundMe accounts, and many are legit and they're great. But so many of them should be, should be spelled sluggard. Dot com because that's about what it is. Our whole culture with this victim mentality. We don't want to take responsibility. We don't want to be diligent anymore. We don't realize work is a gift. We don't realize that the God of the universe has made us to work. We don't realize that we'll never have dignity until we accomplish something in work. God is a working God. He worked in creation. After he finished his work, he said, it's very good. This is God. A sense of accomplishment. I have a sense of accomplishment after I've spent 20 hours in study. After, in a couple of minutes, I finish this message, walk off the stage, talk to some people, get in my SUV, and go out to lunch. I'll think to myself, 
Thank you, God. Every, every Sunday for 28 years, I've said, thank you, God, for getting me through this. A sense of accomplishment. And you're the same way. I don't care if you're sweeping floors. I don't care if you're coaching teams. I don't care if you're putting a toddler to bed. I don't care what you, I don't care if you're closing billion dollar deals. A sense of accomplishment. Work is a gift. You'll never have dignity until you do so. And that's the thing about people who are part of the University of Ant. I mean, they had that swag, man. I mean, they've got it. Decisions, diligence, discernment, dignity, man. They're workers. Now, Scripture is not saying we become workaholics. You know that. God rested after he worked for six days. And that's the rhythm we should have. And, 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 and God smiles when we take a break and reboot and go on a vacation. I'm not, nor is the scripture, insinuating that you have the throttle to the firewall every moment of every day. The Bible is saying, though, whatever you do, whatever you do, you're studying for a test, whatever you do, taking out the trash, whatever you do, be an ant, not a slug. I need this message. I don't know about you, but I need it. It inspires me to hear this. Uh-oh, let's talk about some excuses that I make and you make. One of the excuses, and, and this is Hebrew humor. A lot of people don't know this. The Bible is full of humor. This is a humorous, humorous vibe, a humorous kind of track the writer goes down. Have you ever made just stupid excuses to get out of something? I have. I mean, just ridiculous excuses. Oh, it's just, I don't know, it's too cold. It's really too hot. My allergies are driving me nuts. I'm just going to call in sick. You know, we have these excuses. I don't really like that gym. Or, I mean, yeah, whatever it is. And I, I don't know. I don't really understand the Bible. Even though we have the FC app, and even though Ed has written this for everyone, and he's taken all this time to do it, I, I'm not. Excuses. This is hilarious right here. Proverbs 26, 13. The slothful man saith, there is a lion in the way, a lion is in the streets. <laughs> That's hilarious. The sloth is saying, I'm not going to go out and work because Mufasa is on Main Street. And he will tear me from limb to limb. That's Hebrew humor. When is a lion on Main Street? Never. A lion's in the jungle. But the sloth says, oh, there's a lion outside. I'm not going to work. Well, I'm like, hey, Mr. Mr. Slug, Mr. Sloth, I mean, at least take responsibility for yourself and get the lion out of the street. He doesn't even do that. That's the kind of excuses, that's the kind of crapola that we give. And in parents, we're guilty too. We even make up excuses for our kids so they can still 
attend sluggard school. And a lot of us homeschool little miniature sluggards. We're sluggards and we just pass it on. Yeah, make an excuse. Make a reason. Or if you don't, I'll make one for the teacher. I'll just make one up. Sluggard. 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 Here's some more excuses. Verse 4, Proverbs 20. The sluggard will not plow by reason of the cold, therefore shall he beg and harvest. It keeps going. Here, here, here's a sluggard walking by someone with a jacked up yard. You show me someone who is a sluggard by the way they keep their car, their closet, their house, or their yard, and I'll show you somebody who's got a major issue with laziness. Well, that's just the way I am, man. I'm just like this creative type. <laughs> that's part of my discipleship, is to present myself and the stuff God has given me in an orderly and a tidy fashion. I remember back when the kids were smaller, when I would see, you know, some, some kind of sloppiness. And I'm not too OCD, a little bit, but not totally. When I would see some sloppiness, I decided to write a song about sloppiness. And here's how it would go if I would see sloppiness. Stop, 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 And they knew then it was time to clean up the slop. Stop, 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 my car. Stop, 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 my yard. Stop, 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 my workspace at home. Stop, 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 So you got this alumni from the University of Ant walking by this field, walking by this yard. He was somewhere, I don't know. I don't know where he was. He could have been somewhere in one of the suburbs in Frisco. It's in the Dallas area. Might have been in Coral Gable somewhere. And he sees this yard that is just atrocious. And check out what this guy says. I'm talking about the University of Ant. He has a hat on A. Stands for Ant, not Alabama. <laughs> Proverbs 24, 30 through 32. I went by the field of the slothful and by the vineyard of a man void of understanding. You show me a sluggard and I'll show you somebody who's conceited. Yeah. Well, show me that, Ed. I'm glad you asked. Proverbs 26, 16. A sluggard is wiser in his own conceit than seven men that can render a reason. A sluggard's like, oh man, I'm too smart. I know the deal. And the sluggard works hard in his mind or her mind coming up with all these fantasies and ideas and excuses why not to work. And if they put work to all the work they were doing in their mind, they'd be a squillionaire. Oh, you can't tell me anything, man. I just didn't, I just didn't have an opportunity. I, ju I, just, I just didn't have the right mom and dad. 
I just didn't hit it right. The market was on the downturn. Hey, I can give you about 20 great excuses why fellowship should not be one of the most attended churches in North America. 20 reasons. Number one, we started in a terrible place. Irving, Texas. Do the demographics, 1990, dead as a hammer. No growth whatsoever. We had no money, and the average age of our church was about 73 years old. Try that one on. We're surrounded by big steeple and few people churches all over the place in Dallas-Fort Worth. I mean, I can go on and on and on. Those are excuses. The excuse field is over there. Take some responsibility and work. Make the decision, and God will grant you wisdom. You'll have diligence. You'll have discernment. And man, you will have this, this, whole, this whole vibe of self-esteem and dignity like you've never seen possible. God has something he wants you to do. And the Bible says, too, you work, there will be a payoff. I mean, even a financial payoff. Work it. Work it. But check this out. I went by the field of a slothful and by the vineyard of a man void of understanding. And lo, I might say, yo. It was all grown over with thorns and nettles, that's weeds, had covered the face thereof, and the stone wall therefore was broken down. Then I saw and considered it well. Here's discernment. I looked upon it and received instruction. This alumni was going, that's what not to do. We can look at, look at people who are part of sluggard you, and we can see what not to do. Young people, you can see what not to do in so many marriages that are busted. You can learn what not to do by looking at so many people who were able-bodied and should have their butts working, but they're leaning against the wall. So lazy, they can't even take their hand out of their pocket to get food. Learn what not to do. You talk to someone and they're always giving you excuses, they're always negative, always telling you why you can't do something. Learn what not to do and be a person of vision. What choice are you going to take? What path? What path? I love this is a bro verse in the Bible. Do you know what a bro is? If you don't, just Google it. Bro. What's up, bro? Bro, bro, bro. Proverbs 18.9. He also that is slothful in his work is a bro to him that is a great waster. This Friday, I talked to a 52-year-old manager of a couple of restaurants here in South Florida. And I asked her, I said, what's the biggest problem that you deal with? What's your biggest challenge as you manage these two flourishing restaurants? You know what she said in no uncertain terms? I mean, she didn't use this exact word, but she said, sluggardness. Sluggardness. We live in a culture, don't we? Of sluggardness. Pockets of sluggardness. 
I want to do something right now. As we wrap this whole thing up, I want to show you just a series of several pictures. When you see these pictures, I want you to listen to the voice of the Holy Spirit of God. Because even if you're at the beginning of your spiritual run, he can tell you, man, you're doing, you're doing a good job here. Or maybe he'll say, this is an area of laziness. Maybe you have been a believer for decades like I have. Maybe you have studied the Greek and Hebrew like I have. Maybe you've gone to seminary like I have. Maybe you've done doctrinal work like I have. I'm in the same boat. The church. What are you doing with the only thing that Jesus gave his life for? What are you doing with the church? One day, we're all going to be held accountable regarding what we did with the bride of Christ, the church. What are you doing with the church? Are you serving? Are you a part? Are you diligent with your attendance and with your resources? Or are you a sluggard? You know, it's raining today. You know, I want to, I, I just, I'm just going to go, you know, go fishing. Yeah, well, this, I had this opportunity and it's going to kind of conflict, so I'm not going to go. Or my kids said, you know, they don't know a lot of their friends. What, whatever the, how are you doing? What are you doing with this church? Because one day, God's going to look at you and me face to face. What did you do with the only thing I built? Here's another slide. Dating. I love that we have so many singles at Fellowship. Massive amounts of singles. How are you doing in your dating? I mean, are you like going, yeah, he's, he's hot and he's got a lot of money. Now, he does smoke a little bit of weed and sluggardness. Or maybe you're married. You know, what you use to get her is what you use to keep her. Are you dating your spouse? I mean, have you retired the romance jersey from the rafters once you said, I do? Is that the deal? You're not supposed to. What you use to get her is what you use to keep her. Are you, are you, are you single and living with someone? You know, the Bible says that's committing cosmic treason before God. I'm not supposed to play house. I know it's cool and sexy, and that's the reason we play house. We can have sex with no commitment. He never told me that. Well, just tell him you're going to cut him off and see how long he lasts. I knew it would get quiet. Are you doing it God's way? Next slide. How about your entertainment choices? My entertainment's great. There's some awesome movies out there. I love technology and information? Are you doing well? Do you have a pretty good read on that, a good balance? Or what are you letting into your mind? Those movie channels? Those websites? And, and some of you are going like this. You're going, oh man, that's not tempting to me. If you're saying that, you even have a bigger problem than porn. 
You need help right now. Porn, though, is, the, is all about being a sluggard. I can look at all these images of men and women that a spouse could never compete with, and I'll get my sexual hit and move on. I know too many people to line up here on this stage whose marriages and lives have been ruined and are being ruined by porn. And moreover, I interviewed one of the top porn stars years ago at our church. One of the emptiest people I've ever met in my life. We're to be wise. We're to put filters on our computers. Block those channels. Come on now. How are you doing? Another one. Friends. How about your friends? Are your friends the right they, T-H-E-Y? T, are they tough and tender? H, are they, are they holy and honest? E, are they encouraging and exciting? Y, are they yielded to God and to you? I've written a book on that called 50 Shades of Day. You can pick it up. Sold thousands and thousands of copies out there in the bookstore here and in all of our different locations. How are your friends? Your best friends are people you'll meet at church. But maybe just maybe you've put off and you've been a sluggard in the most important area, your relationship with Jesus. You know, there was a king in the Bible one day that had an opportunity to get his life right with Jesus. The apostle Paul preached to him. And you know what he said after he heard St. Paul's message? Hey, I'll call for you at a more convenient time. He never had the convenient time again. He was a sluggard and his sluggardness led him to hell. So you can even put off the most important decision you could ever make, which is knowing Christ personally. You can be a spiritual sluggard. Have you made that decision? Well, Ed, I don't have enough faith. You know what? You might not. Faith is a gift. Ask God for the faith. Yeah, I'm, I'm an intellectual, man. I've got a lot of questions. I told somebody the other day, you might be smart, but there are people five times smarter than you or who were five times smarter than Stephen Hawking ever thought about being, and they've asked questions to God, asked questions about the Bible for thousands of years, and the Bible is still strong, God's still on his throne, and the church is still prevailing. So, really? Usually when people say, usually when people say, I've got questions, I've got, I've got intellectual problem, they have a sin problem, and mostly for guys it's a sex problem. They don't want to give up the, you know what, that's the deal. They don't have an intellectual problem. They have a sexual problem. Have you made that decision? So what's it gonna be? University of Ant? Or the sluggard school? 
pestilence or diligence? Choice is up to you. Choice is up to me. Let's pray. As our heads are bowed and eyes are closed here, no one would move at all during this time. But I'm going to pray a prayer right now, and this is not my prayer. I've prayed this prayer before. It only takes one time, but this can be your prayer. And I don't have the faith. Ask God for the faith right now to make this decision. It's the most important decision you'll ever make. Just simply say this. Just pray with me. I want to include you in this prayer. Dear God, I admit to you that I'm a sinner. I turn from my sins and I turn to you. I believe, Lord, you sent Jesus Christ to do the ultimate work, to live perfectly, to die sacrificially, to rise bodily. And right now, I ask you, Jesus, to infiltrate my life. And the moment you said that, you're trading in your guilt for God's grace, your foul-ups for his favor. Your sin for the Savior because he's taken it. It's awesome. Make that decision today. As our heads are bowed and eyes are closed, if you prayed that prayer with me for the first time in a minute, would you lift your hand? Just lift your hand. All right, in the back, awesome. Down front, many people here. The side, down, awesome, man. And I know many people, many, many people in all of our locations in Dallas and Fort Worth and Prosper Salina and East Texas and online and Fort Worth and Keller South Lake and Grapevine. I know many people made that decision. That's awesome. Awesome. Father, I pray collectively that we understand the wonder of work and that our lives are never the same because of it. For we ask all these things in Christ's name. You know what? Let's give a crazy round of applause for everybody that prayed that prayer.